On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you here on a Wednesday night. Hey, thanks to Finey on another fantastic show, as always, and uh, always there in the hour just before the Diego's with uh, Zanners and Milne. Always good to reminisce with those boys again and, uh, of course, with the NAB Challenge starting, uh, you know, footy season's almost back but we are talking about footy season (laughs) (laughs) well footy season footy season i thought you were going to say the real game there rodrigo for a minute well yeah the world game Hmm. carlos uh vinnie good evening rodrigo yes and carlos you're here as well how are you there rodrigo yes no no warren diego tonight um we're we're a fluid front three and not bogged down by some unfit (laughs) you know you know gets a yellow card early yeah undisciplined unfit Doesn't team doesn't follow team tactics. No. By now you would have heard like movements of microphones and <laughs> and all sorts of noises. And yeah, are we on air? Are we on yeah. air? Yeah, yeah. But I think um, he's listening to us. By the way, oh, no, we'll go. I hope he's well. Yep. Um, I know we know he's well. He's just uh, indisposed yep. at the moment. But uh, Rodrigo, can I before you go and start dishing out your beautiful, beautiful oh, hosting please. stuff? I uh, just want to thank Marie. Always says hello at the top of the show. Oh, hi, Marie. Yeah, how are you, Marie? Hi, guys, she says. Uh, and to Ivanhoe City Soccer Club, uh, last week, uh, Rodrigo, you mentioned uh, yeah. that they had a big uh, day, I think it was a sign-up day with their coaches and players, and uh, we just got a text, uh, sorry, a tweet through at that for Diego's if you want to have a look. Uh, thanks for your support on, on the air last week. We had a huge turnout at training uh, with about 40 boys and girls. I love that. If we had anything to do with any of those girls and boys rocking up to a to a local football club where they could just enjoy the beautiful game, the little kiddies mm. kicking the ball for the first time, Ivanhoe City, stand up and rejoice. If we had anything to do with that, I'm really, really proud. Carlos, it was a promise of uh, Vinnie Venezuela not <laughs> coaching any of the teams that uh, make, yep. makes people flock. If any of the local clubs out there, by the way, uh, want our support, because mm. there's millions listening to us at this millions. time. Carlos. Millions, millions, yeah. and uh, only just a slight mention will get you know, we'll actually have your enrolments and your registrations full to the brim. Uh, just send us through at 4Diego's on Twitter or 4Diego's uh, at bigpond.com is the email address if you want a little bit of support in that area. Can I just say, this is uh, I, I did have a short black at um, Brunswick Zebra's uh, oh, yeah, FC. Some the, the park, some the park, some the park. Oh, what a wonderful park! And the coffee there any is gra- very good. Any grass on that uh, ground these days? Uh, it's it, it holds a lot of water, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. You know, even in a drought, it, it, it's, it holds a lot of water. <laughs> and while we're at it, yeah, you know, this feels a little bit like our uh, community yeah, sport, community yeah. radio here. But uh, Essen Royal Soccer Club, mm. um, we spoke about them last week. They're looking to raise money. Uh, on Sunday, the 21st of February, for mitochondrial disease um, for a, a well-known family in the club, of course. And uh, they've got the Australian Mitochondrial Disease Foundation on board and uh, little Luca, who celebrates his uh, first birthday on uh, Sunday, the 21st of Feb. Um, 
they're they're looking to raise ten grand uh, for for poor little old Luca, who who uh, is is a real trooper and uh, but suffering from mitochondrial disease. They they would like us to convey to you that um, it, of course it's from ten a.m. to six p.m. at Almond Park. Um, there's actually a Legends game which will start at ten thirty. But uh, they want some donations of. Uh, soft drinks and water, um, if you've got any sausages or meat, barbecue, you know, um, they'd love you to, you know, um, help out. You know, just all you need to do is uh, contact um, Michael Giacomi on uh, 0419 That's 0419 uh, And, uh, yeah, they are looking to do this on Sunday the 21st of Feb. Sounds great. Essendon Royal Soccer Club, Soccer Club um, at Ormond Park. So well done, guys, and uh, you know it should be fantastic. There'll be a, there's a signed top, a Barisha top as yeah, well, no. that uh, and some Melbourne City stuff as well. So make sure you get to Ormond Park on the 21st of Feb. There you go. Hey, we've got a big show tonight. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. We'll take your calls. There's only three of us in tonight, but uh, if you want to give the Diego's a call, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. And the hot topic tonight. Uh, Carlos, I might throw to you on this one. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, look, I don't want to spend the whole night on flares and all that sort of stuff. I think we're exhausted with all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I, I've just seen Ian Robson and uh, Anthony DePetro and Kevin Muscat, all the Victory Boys, and all, even all the West Sydney Wanderers boys the week before. They played flat footy on the weekend because it exhausts us. The emotional, uh, you know, frustration around it, the fact that we're still talking about this stuff. But I do want to ask one question. Of course, today, the penalty which uh, Victory... Uh, accepted in in really good style today. That the fifty thousand dollar fine plus mm. the you know the three game uh, three point suspension yeah. you know the, the reduction yeah reduction if they if it occurs again, we know that they've accepted. So we're going to talk about whether it's just or not. But will hot topic tonight? Will that penalty make any difference to the crowd behaviour? That's what we want to know. Will the penalty that Melbourne Victory uh, suffered uh, today or were imposed today on Melbourne Victory, will that make any difference to the crowd behaviour starting this Friday against Adelaide? It's, yeah. a, it's a hot, hot game. This, uh, I mean, it's a hot rivalry. Uh, I suppose it's a good game to test it. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And I think uh, on the back of that hot topic and, and the, the events that have happened over the last couple of weeks, I guess the real question is that some people need to consider why they actually go to the game. Yeah. And, and if you go to the game for the right reason, everyone will enjoy the game. Yeah, but Vinny, you're asking people who are imbeciles to actually reflect and think. There's no thinking going on here. I live in hope, Carlos. Yeah, but you know, are we started the Q&A here, Rodgers? Yeah, no, it's time for the Q&A. Nice, nice little segue. Nice little segue there, Carlos, is... Uh, Burn, baby, burn. Just uh, which is really off. inappropriate right now. <laughs> to truth, oh, that's true. It's true. <laughs> he was going to play. Everything's on fire. Pedro by, the panel um, is just sacked. Hunters and collectors. Yeah, well, it's not his fault. Yeah. Um, Victory's just lost three points because of that. Yeah, but uh, it hurts the club, Pedro. It, does, it hurts yeah, the club. Yeah, Pedro on the panel. That was not us. Uh, Anthony DePetro and uh, Ian Robson. Uh, <laughs> continuing on. Yes. Well, uh, this is the first question. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually believe that you know. What's good about this mayhem that's occurred this whole season with the, with the crowds and you know the walkouts earlier on and FFA saying that they got it wrong and now we're you know it's almost flipped over the other side where the spotlight's fully trained on the active support. What are they going to do next and what are they going to do about the bad apples in in those active support? I think 
after years and years and years of the game having this perception, and we all know those people who, who go to the games, it's not as bad, nowhere near as bad as it's been portrayed in the media at times, but it does happen, and because it does happen, it's been able to be perpetuated time and time again. What I really love about what's happening right now, and I see some real light at the end of the tunnel, is the focus is in the right area. People now, even the non-football commentators, are saying that it's not the crowd. It's not the whole lot. It is just... The few. They're all recognising yep. it's just a few idiots, especially after what happened to West Sydney Wanderers and the following week it's happened. Yep. You know, they all know now that it's not, you don't go to a football ground and suddenly there's a civil war going on. <laughs> it's really just, you know, the handful of people who are just not, not there for the club or, or the game. I love the way the clubs are responding so strongly. I even saw not only in the press conference today with the, the Petro, Robson, Musket coming out very strongly. They've done a video. There's a video that's going around and it's been shared on Facebook and through the social media where Muskie is basically saying enough's enough. Barish is saying the same thing to Petro. And even George Columbaris with his, with his utensils <laughs> is coming out very strong. Everyone now is grouping together. What I'd like to see, though, and I'm not sure whether the active support listen to us or not, but mm. I want to say who from the active support is going to say enough is enough publicly? No one's come out. No one's come up and said, got on radio or, or, or had a newspaper article written saying, we will not stand for this in our group. That's anyway. courage, Carlos, by the way, if you're, if you're an active supporter and you say that, that. That's true, courage. I'd like to see that, but I see us come such a long way and I reckon it's not going to take a long time, not going to take that long where this is eradicated. George has even stopped uh, serving Crimble and Bob Alaskas. <laughs> He's just sick of it. He's all over it. Nothing with flames. That's yeah. right. That's Nothing right. with flames. Good on you. Mm. Can I just add one thing? In many ways, this year has been a, a, an important year for the fans because uh, the injustices that were dealt to fans mm. because of FFA rulings or the inability to, to challenge rulings that was redressed. So yeah. the FFA came to the table. They came a bit slowly, but they came to the table and they they acted upon it. And I think the outcome there is much better and hopefully more just. Given that's happened, I think now the onus is on the fans to, or, or the fans that are discontented, mm. to also meet the FFA in the middle and do the right thing. There are no excuses anymore no. because uh, it's for the good of the game. Absolutely. And it was a just it was a good game on on uh, on Saturday night too, wasn't it? But uh, hey, let's go to Pete in Nidri. Uh, wants to talk about the penalty and whether it will make a difference. Good day, Pete on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys, and thanks for the call, guys. I definitely think that the penalty will make a difference. And I look back and I think, you know what? Everyone's absolutely bashing football across Australia this week. But I think to myself, have a look at the other four sporting codes that have been established in this country for a long period of time. And they all evolved. And this game is evolving for the mm. better in this country. But I think about cricket, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when they had issues with pitch invasions on the MCG. I think, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, if you invaded the MCG, it was a slap on the wrist and maybe evicted out of the ground. Now... The, the tolerance associated with that, the public over decades haven't accepted that anymore. And now I think it's, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars dollars $20,000 fine, whatever it is, to invade the MCG, light beer, etc. When you look at cricket, they've um, uh, taken action into account to address antisocial behaviour. The same with AFL. You can't drink full-strength beer at light games on Friday evenings because they encountered issues with their fans over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. 
and our code's evolving for the better. And I don't think we have those issues that those sports have encountered, but our issue, whether we like it or not, has been flares, and we will address it. We'll get over it, and it'll just get to the point that in 10, 15 years' time, you'll look back at it and think, we learned from that, and we've moved on. Absolutely, Pete. What a fantastic call. I, I love the use of the term evolution. It, it, it's a game's evolving. And you've got to remember, you know, countries like Italy and Greece and, and England, I mean, they've had decades and decades. They've over, had over a century to sort out their issues. I mean, we're still a very young sport uh, in this country. And at the top level, I mean, the professional level and A-league level, uh, that's only 11 years old. So we've got all and, – and by the way – what, what makes it really tougher for the administrators of our game is that a lot of the behaviour is borrowed from what's happening, what is, the perception is overseas. So that even complicates things more. But I just think we're going to get there. I just got a real sense that everyone has had enough. There's a real resolve. The game will suffer, uh, whether it's a, a, a better free-to-air contract you know, our, you know, when we're trying to get a free-to-air contract on, on TV, uh, whether it's sponsors pulling away, whether it's... I mean, Melbourne Victory right now is not fulfilling its potential. He's full, and it's got an enormous potential. It's not fulfilling its potential because of the perception of the game. There'd be 10,000 more members, maybe 15,000 more members of that club, the biggest club in Australia, if... The, if, the, if the perception of the game was better. So everyone is suffering because of this. And I just think everyone is so, so united on this right now that we'll see some... This I don't, I, don't think, I don't even think it's going to be 10 or 15 years, Pete. I think, you know, within two or three years, it'll be something that we'll look upon and say that was, that was you know, pretty ugly back then, but it's all sorted out now. Can I just say, and we've said this before too, like the power of the bystander in any sort of situation to 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 break something and to stop a conflict from occurring can't be undervalued. And um, one of the the best things or heartening things I think for anyone who was at the derby, and I was at the derby on the weekend, was the the booing that was that mm. was sort of uh, targeted at the to people misbehaving because everyone else in the stadium uh, just didn't like it and and knew that it was going to hurt the club and it was going to hurt the game as well and and I think that uh it will we will evolve and I think that the fact that so many people were sort of outspoken in 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 their reaction I think is a is a big positive because people are starting to articulate their discontent and again that just means that uh people are watching and Mm. the next thing that happens is people will take action absolutely Maurice just said it to all idiots do not attend victory games if you're going to keep causing trouble um I hope the little brat that cost the club 50 grand got arrested. Um, and and uh, somebody else anonymous here says it'll work till the finals. So the this $50,000 three points reduction yeah. um, suspended will work until the finals where they don't potentially lose three points. But they might lose it for the following year. They Who might knows? do that. Yeah, they might do that. I'm, and I think if it's bad enough, uh, you know, uh, okay, it was a different issue, but Perth Glory weren't allowed to play finals. So um, last year because of salary cap issues. But I just think uh, you, you test... I think the FFA, even though they've been criticised that it's been a suspended three points deduction and and the fifty thousand, I think they've been criticised because they didn't go harder. Uh, but I think they're ultimately, when you sit back, I think they've been quite fair to both Victory and West Sydney Wanderers. Uh, but no one can make a mistake going forward. Okay, if they want to play games, uh, you know, 
you know, uh, semantics of being finals rather than the three points. I don't think you want to test the resolve of people in that situation. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, but I wouldn't like a flare. But Rodrigo, <laughs> that, that's it, right? The the whole thing, the whole, you know, the, the talk sorry, in the... Sorry, in the ripper flare. <laughs> yeah. The whole talk in the week leading up to the derby was, surely it's not going to happen. It can't happen. Wanderers have just been punished and it happened. Yeah. And that's like dumb.com. And, you know, we just can't go there. Seriously. Yeah. Let's move off, Flares, yeah. because, like we did in the 70s. And um, <laughs> let's now talk about um, the game. What, why don't we talk about the game and, and actually now start, you know, we, we've got, we'll talk about Tim Cale soon as well, of course, because there's some big news there. But uh, this derby was uh, fantastic with, with the, the stuff on the pitch itself was just beautiful. Bruno Fornaroli, um, what a star. What an absolute yeah. star. And then the, the goal from uh, Fahid Ben Kalfalar after Co- uh, yeah. Costa, um, you know, uh, the, it was a great, great stop by, by the goalkeeper, yeah. but Sorensen. But, uh, you know, the, the, that, that, that second goal was outstanding as well. Um, what did you make of this derby? This was a, a derby for the ages. It I was thought. a fair, I mean, if you if you were going to get every controversial incident on and off the field in one game, <laughs> yeah, probably in world football, you probably had it all here, and it was like quite a high standard game. But what really, I think, the message here also is, um, you know, it was a great game, but I looked to see who was really the moral winner going forward. And people say, well, victory was, because they were the better side. They should have won 3-2 because of the controversial goal. But victory have been the stronger of the three side, of the two sides in the three games so far this year. They've lost one and won one, and then same with uh, City. So the difference between these two sides is there's Fornaroli and Navio uh, in the City squad that will always keep them in the game, even if they're being outplayed or outpossessed. And so I can't really separate the two because... If you think about the three games, victory have been the better of the so- of the two sides in all three games, probably for the full ninety minutes or close to it, and um, and they haven't necessarily won every game. So mm. it's really interesting to see what's going to happen going forward because of that. Yeah, no, look, I I agree. I think um, victory were awesome because they they responded like we expected them to, and they went down. And did they did they go? Yeah, they. Yeah, City scored well, the first yeah, goal. City, yeah. yeah, and then they they victory came back, yeah. and they were always in the game. In the second half, I think they owned it. But the disappointing thing was that goal because it was clearly in. And can it I just say, Thomas Sorensen, like, how, yeah. how do you sleep at night? You're how do you how do you sleep at night knowing? You're talking and about Guy Finkler's goal. Guy Finkler's that goal that was clearly over the line. You're not saying that the referee, the the goalkeeper, should have said, "No, no, no, referee, that went over Once the line." Once upon a time, Carlos, yeah, yeah, only gentlemen, one, only one player in world football who I've said, who I've seen do something like that, and that was Paolo De Paolo Canio. Who right. uh, apparently <laughs> wouldn't score a goal because the goalkeeper was prostrate on the ground? Is that the one? That's decency, right? Yeah, there. just picked up the ball. So I'm not going to try and I'm going to stick this in because the goalkeeper's injured. I mean, that's the best piece of sportsman from a from. A, he, yeah, he, he got he got, the, he he's got a, a maniac, fair play. Though. He's a maniac, though. He was, <laughs> but uh, he's uncoachable. Yeah, absolutely not coachable. <laughs> but uh, look, you know, you talk, you, people talk about that incident with the, and we've seen that a million times before. The ball comes off the underside of the bar, goes over the line. There's so much controversy, and people talk about goal line technology. I think if you take it's just not going to happen in Australia. Not yet. It, it costs so much money to have the goal line technology. We're not allowed to have it. You know, you got to fight FIFA about it. There's so many things that to fight in that area. What would have helped if if Chris Chris Beath, the goal the the referee, mm. stood in the right spot? He's standing next to Finkler. 
You know, behind the wall. No wonder he couldn't see that the ball crossed Carlos, the line. Carlos, where was the fourth official in his ear saying, move, move, move more? Yeah, the fourth official's too busy arguing with, <laughs> with Kevin Musk. With Kevin. Yeah, it's uh, Kevin's fault. Yeah, the ref, the, the, How does he the, sleep the at coach, night? The coaches are mob-handling the fourth referee. He's got his own problems over there. But really, I've never, <laughs> I have don't think I've seen a referee. By the way, if there's any referees out there listening to us tonight, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Chris Beath by standing next to Finkler, or within five metres of him, and being blocked, the, the the actual sight being blocked by the wall, no wonder he couldn't see it. If he had stu- stood, say, 15 metres at a 45-degree angle from Finkler's free kick and then 45-degree angle from the goal, you would have had a better opportunity to see the ball cross the line by, what, two feet? Two, it was a fair distance that he crossed the line. It was clear. I mean, that... that that it was clear to the naked yeah. eye. I mean, live, Carlos. There's no, to me. there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee, especially with the fixture congestion that Victory have in the next, you know, through the Asian Champions League and leading up to the finals. They may not make the finals, and if they, without that three points, they could make a difference. <laughs> Very interesting, and, and potentially the three points uh, they've got in, in abeyance. So I've got to take a break, Vinny. But before go, I was go ahead. Say, what's up? FIFA's knows that they can't change that rule. Like you got. Major, you've got television cameras everywhere. You don't always need millions of dollars on goal line technology to tell you what a normal camera uh, position in the centre of a pitch can, can tell you. I know. We've it's, had there. This, it's there already. I mean, you had this argument so often. Um, you know, everyone knows, even the referee afterwards, during the game, everyone knew that the ball crossed the line, but he wasn't allowed to change his decision because he wasn't supposedly allowed to watch a video. And I'm sure that I'm sure Chris Beath would have loved to have changed his mind yeah. on that. Yeah. Anyway, let's take a break now, and, and we'll talk more about this. We'll talk about Timmy Cale and a whole lot more after the break on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Manchester United boss Alex Ferguson once said, "When Italians tell me it's pasta, I check under the sauce to make sure it is. They're the masters of the smoke screen." They come out with the English are so strong, we're terrible in the air, we can't do this, we can't do that. Then they beat you 3-0. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night. Uh, it is the Diegos, of course. No Warren tonight, so you be the fourth Diego, 9429-1116. We're going to try and catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on from the UK, the sun in the UK, and talk, talk about a lot of stuff happening over there as well. But uh, before the break, guys, we were talking about uh, the Melbourne Derby. And mm. what about it? these two teams? Um, one, one question that I've got is, after this game, who do you think has got the best chance of uh, taking out potentially the Premier's plate or the the championship? Well, I sort of alluded to that before, but I I just feel that with Melbourne Victory having the Asian Champions League issues to deal with, Mm. which is fantastic. It means they've been very successful. Uh, There's talk that Guy Finkler not being selected in the Champions League squad with uh, Ben uh, Kalfala. Um, both of them are unhappy at the moment. There's talk that Guy Finkler wants away at the end of the season. So I don't know if, you know, I'm sure they're professional and they're not gonna, that's not going to impinge on their game at all. Well, you'd hope not. Yeah, you, I think, you know, Kevin Musker would have, would have thought long and hard about what to do here. Of course, Del Pierre, uh, Bar- uh, Barbarousas and also Brish are the three who got the nod for that. Um, I just reckon they've got a, a, a more, uh, you know, when it comes to the crunch, I think they'll be right to go if they make the finals. And they should make the finals, but I'm just saying if because they're not, there's no guarantee. So um, I think at the moment, victory, because you look at Melbourne City, 
and it, not based on on the game the other night, even though they were out possessed at times and and victory had probably the the, the most of the game. But you know, the week before City mm, travelled to before. yeah travelled to Newcastle and they were limp and they were lame and very disappointing. So it seems like City have to play the big games to bring the best out of them. Um, and it's, it's if they make the, if they make the finals, mm. they'll be a da- dangerous proposition. But to get to the finals. That's the issue. They've got a lot they, of hard work yeah, that's right. before they get yeah, to the finals. Because right. Adelaide sit uh, third, yeah. and uh, with the Sydney FC struggling as well, Perth Glory are only three points behind them at the moment. But Sydney will get better. Well, There's you, no you, way Sydney you, will, will just fall away now. I think they'll get better. Who knows, Carlos? So mm. I think, it's yeah. true. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of unhappy players there and something's going on. So There was talk about the fact with their ACL squad that uh, there was some... I don't know, dispute about bonuses. <laughs> and they almost played that way on the weekend that they just really didn't care too much. So, I don't know, uh, it, it it seems strange at that level you, you talk about attitude. I mean, really attitude at yeah, that level, but, uh, but who knows? It, I, I don't think I can really tell categorically which of the Melbourne sides will de- oh, are in a better position. Well, to that's win. kind of why I asked the question, because yeah. it is hard yeah, yeah. To, to work through that, especially given victories um, schedule over the next uh, yeah. little while. Look, that will play into it, but... I, Victory's capacity to keep marauding, even when they're down, I think whittles away at teams. And so they, they, they can sneak a goal or pinch a goal because they just don't stop. They, they play for the full 90 minutes. And I think that, that sort of sets them apart at, at this point in time. I think City have lifted a great deal um, since the season oh, started. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> I reckon mentally, I think Victory know how to win the big games. Fair enough, and uh, when they don't draw them, yeah, well, that's and, right. But it's, that's the issue. Well, Vinny. That's like it. they haven't the, the games that they won last year, even after a battle, they're not winning this year. And I mean, in some games, which is unheard of, some games they're actually being outpossessed too. Which I mean, gets West Sydney Rondos a week before. I've, I don't think I've seen this victory side, you know, be beaten on the field the way they were, even though they got the draw in the end. So. I think, hang, I think that was a tougher game for them than the, the City game was for them in many ways. Oh, yeah, no, they were, they, were, they, were, they were actually, I think that they were the stronger side in the City game, but they didn't win. Yeah. There's so many of those games this year. So but technically they did, Carlos, that goal. That's no, true. You're technically yeah. they did. True, I'm just true. looking at the table here, Vinny. Um, no, they didn't. No, <laughs> you know, they didn't. Off the record. <laughs> off the record. <laughs> hey, before we go to Vinny Venezuela's G, I love this game segment, let's talk about Timmy Cale, who well, mm. was a bit of a shock. You know, I could bought my Shanghai Shenhua, you know, strip. <laughs> You're ready to go. Had the number on my back, and uh, he announced that uh, he was shocked. He was su- surprisingly axed from the club, uh, mm. and uh, is clubless at the moment. And it's kind of too late now for him to one come back to Australia, and uh, two, you know, f- well, hopefully, can he still find another club in yeah, China? No, their, the- their uh, transfer window shuts on the yeah. 26th so, of February. So what? What? Is- what does this mean? I mean, oh, he, he'll find another club. Is he going to get a pay rise or a pay decrease? Oh, no, I th- I, from what I'm hearing, that there's uh, it's his age, really. Yeah, uh, and Fanny also, uh, isn't that much? Younger uh, yeah, no, I heard that um, a few of the Chinese clubs, if not all of them, were very unhappy with some of the comments he made in Australia on Fox Sports about right. the, the, the standard of the, China, of the Chinese league, and also some of the decision making of some of the, his Australian teammates have gone to smaller clubs. And him saying that, you know, it's a big mistake going to those smaller clubs because they're a rabble. They should always join big clubs like the club he's at, right? But uh, within weeks, he's now axed. So, and I think that's the first time, people can correct me if I'm wrong, first time he's ever been axed from a club. He's usually moved on to bigger and better things. So 
Uh, it's interesting, but he'll find himself another club. He'll play, you know, he'll pay for less money. Uh, I don't think, unless the the FFA somehow come up with some Tim Cale rule. Yeah, the, the clause. I don't think they can. Uh, he can come and play in Australia well, anyway. If they have a properly constituted meeting of the board, Carlos, they yeah. can do anything. I think they can do... I mean, if they could, the, a club could maybe manufacture the injury replacement. Oh, they can manufacture. Yeah, something like that. And maybe you can come in that way. <laughs> right, a long-term injury yeah, list. Yeah, just... So, so the question, hmm. should an A-League club throw everything at him? In terms of... If you're going to do it, you do it now, wouldn't you, Vinny? I mean, you do it now. You don't don't wait two years' time. I mean, there's some suggestion that if he does come, it'll be two years. I don't want to see Timmy Cale in two years' time. I want to see him now if he's going to come. You couldn't do it now, though. No, as an injury replacement, you might be able to sneak him in, especially if he's a free free agent. I think. I don't really understand, you know, the intricacies of the Chinese or the FIFA rules at this time. I'm surprised. But I (laughs) I think if you're a free agent, you could be picked up somehow... But he'd have to come as a marquee too, so it'd have to be a club that's got a marquee spot free. Uh, Melbourne City have, by the way. They've got a marquee spot free this year. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd love If he's got to come, he's got to come now. Can you imagine Timmy Cahill playing, you know, setting it up for, for Fornaroli? Like just <laughs> holding it up for Fornaroli to just whiz around him? You know, like I, the long ball from Moy to Cahill yeah, who Vinny, just yeah, drops Vinny, it down I think, to Fornaroli? I think, you know, it's funny... It's like uh, David Villa coming to your club and just throws your system out completely because he hasn't done a pre-season with you. I think the same thing happened with Timmy, with Melbourne City. You almost don't want him to come and play for Melbourne City, even though it'd be hard because you'd fill your stadium. You know, or you'd get another 10,000 people coming to your game. Yep. But I don't know whether he'd be suited to a Melbourne City type of play. It's going to be very interesting mm. to see where uh, Timmy Cale ends up. But uh, now it's time for Vinny Venezuela's Joe Love This Game segment. The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinnie Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. Vinny, let's get on the plane and go to Europe. Go to Europe. Are you in Europe? I am. Good. Who else has scored more goals than me away from home since I arrived in Spain? <laughs> Name one player who has scored more than me. No answer? Okay, thank you. That's me doing the gelled one, Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I think that's how he speaks so you're doing, when he's in uh, Spain. I thought you were doing, what's his name, from uh, Scarface. Al Pacino. Because, you know, they do that whole th- thing yeah, in, yeah, in, in yeah, Spain. Yeah, yeah. uh, gelled one spat the dummy at a press conference and he, yeah. he's not one to, to storm out. He's not one mm. to storm out, but he stormed out. Mm. All on the whole away goal. Because they're, they're, they're prodding him, Carlos. They're prodding and poking. How, how can you question Ronaldo? He's already well, scored 30 goals this year. I mean, really? He's had, they're saying he's had a bad year. He's almost scored, scored a goal a game anyway. Uh, really? I'd walk out too. And the petulance too, Vinny. That's why I'm not reading the rest of the article, Carlos. Yeah. It's, it's an insult <laughs> to the great one. Right. But the petulance of you know, his own petulance, he went to the press conference and he did his top button up yeah, and of the little uh, of the, of the Real Madrid uh, polo shirt. I mean, that's petulance. Really? Well, he thought it was class, Carlos. <laughs> you know, he had he had the very shiny forehead, the yeah. lovely um, manicured uh, yeah. eyebrows. They um, too, apparently at the same perfect. press conference they asked him, you know, you know, do you think that the dynamic on the field with people like Bale and Benzema is part of the reason why you're not scoring the, as many goals? Because he's not friends with them, is he? He well, said that. no, he and he said, said listen, yeah. <laughs> I didn't talk to Ferdinand and, and, yeah. and Scholes and Giggsy at Man U, but, yeah. you know, we had chemistry on the pitch. Yeah. You just worry about what's on the pitch. Yeah. And then they asked him the thing about the goal, and then he stormed out. But I reckon you could ask him anything, he'll tell you the truth. I mean, why would you bring up the Manchester United thing of Giggs, Scholes and Ferdinand? I mean, really, you, you want to leave that alone, wouldn't you? 
His agent told him to <laughs> deflect, deflect. <laughs> Bit of a critique on your accent there yeah. uh, from Dan. Ronaldo sounds Spanish slash Maltese. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. And uh, the other one, um, the other interesting story coming out of uh, La Liga was uh, the penalty. The oh, the yeah, Salta yeah, Vigo yeah. Oh, yes. Barcelona penalty and Messi passed it to um, Suarez instead of having a crack at goal mm. and uh, basically it went in and so that was controversial as well and so it courted a lot of uh, criticism saying it was um, disrespectful disrespectful yeah but was it Vinny I don't I think because it gave Luis Suarez the hat trick it was a homage uh, yeah absolutely and I'm I'm pretty sure it, it would have saved Messi you know. Uh, Suarez chewing on his ear or something at the end of the game. So I think that the little layoff was unselfish. If if Messi had scored that, you know, he would have uh, clocked up his 300th uh, La Liga goal too. I mean, he would have got some accolades mm. himself. What a magnificent gesture. Fantastic. Well, I thought generosity. Yeah, generous to yeah. your teammate where you can take all the accolades yourself. I would have taken a penalty. Are people claiming reverse <laughs> selfishness? You realise what's going to happen during penalties <laughs> for the rest of the season now. There's no tricks it's, anymore. It's almost an unstoppable penalty if you if you do it correctly. You're going to have to just block the guys on the box from running in. Well, it's hard to do that because unless you've got a line right across the box like a fence, uh, you're not going to necessarily be in front mm. of your, your, your attacker if you're a defender. So uh, it, it is a very difficult one to stop and... Um, one of our very, very good friends have been on Diego's many, many times. Yes, Olsen did it with you. You wouldn't believe. The last time I think it was high profile was Johan Cruyff. Cruyff, right. And uh, Yes, Olsen in the Ajax game many, many years ago. And by the way, there's an article that's doing the rounds on Facebook at the moment. It was done like... 30, 40 years ago. Two you know, Irish sorry, guys, yeah, Northern yeah, Irish guys. Yeah, that's right. What, 50 years ago, 60 years yeah. ago? In the 50s or something. That's classic. Uh, unbelievable. This has been going on for ages. It's not, this is nothing new. It was new to me, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, just on that criticism, uh, one um, one journalist wrote, if this penalty had been invented by Cristiano Ronaldo and Karim Benzema, uh, uh, people would be saying they should be sent to Afghanistan. <laughs> then, a, then, a, then, a Barca, then a Barca journalist said... Uh, um, Messi gave an assist which Cristiano never would in his life. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so it would never happen at Real Madrid. Absolutely. But um, the other thing that's really interesting is that whole disrespecting because then uh, Barcelona played all this flamboyant football and beautiful things and, and Neymar was doing beautiful creative things and I don't understand why it's so disrespectful to, to use all the tricks in your bag on the pitch but you know he did like the rainbow the loopy yeah. got around the player but yeah. they cop criticism for that as well because it's cocky yeah you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be taking well, I think the the standard thing in the, in the workplace Vinny, is you shouldn't be taking the mickey or embarrassing a fellow professional mm. but I would have think I would have thought that every time Barcelona goes on the field that they're embarrassing mm. whoever they play but, so uh, but that means that there's you know they feel uh, aggrieved at nutmegs any flicks over the top and volleys yeah. you know uh, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. Yeah. I just think that uh, it's incumbent on you not to be allow yourself to be embarrassed. I don't think there are too many fans uh, complaining about disrespect. They just want to see the best. You know? Yeah, I agree. Show me the tricks. I want to see a circus when yeah. I go and see yeah. Barcelona play. Thank you very much there, Vinny Venezuela. There was also some Champions League games mm. um, overnight. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain uh, defeated Chelsea 2-1. Yeah, a way um, goal for Chelsea. Mm. Though. That's a really important one, I reckon. And Benfica and uh, Zenit... Uh, 
What was the score there, just Carlos? I'm just having a one a, nil for yeah, one nil. Yeah, thanks. So no, sorry, one nil for uh, Benfica. What, yeah, what are you having an issue with? No, no, it's uh, it's just not jumped the off print the out. screen. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. <laughs> Benfica one and Zenit uh, nil. That's a really tight uh, affair too. Good. Of course, the return leg is next week. Uh, the um, uh, or in two weeks' time, that away goal for Chelsea is priceless. Priceless. Mm. Uh, with Gus Hinnick, after the season they've had, with Gus Hinnick now... There are happy times ahead for Chelsea. We can speak to Mike. I'll uh, ask him about Gus Hinnick's future. He's actually miraculous uh, performance there at the Chelsea at the moment. Diego Costa's back. Mm. So we're uh, in the middle of uh, UEFA Champions League fixtures at the moment. Um, we've got... Uh, Ghent and uh, Wolfsburg happening tonight and Roma and Real Madrid. Big game. Uh, be a big game. They're not going to cage Cristiano. Spalletti said that he's not going to cage him in. He's going to give him a little bit of freedom. Then on oh, Wednesday, one-on-one. Wednesday yep. Vinny, you're going to love this one. Juventus and Bayern Munich um, oh, and, and Arsenal and Barcelona. Mm. So there's oh. some big, big morning. Big games mm. coming up as well. So, hey, let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If each of you go out there and play is the best game you'll ever play. If each of you play way over your head. If each of them plays the worst game they'll ever play, the worst game of their lives. We still don't have a chance. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. Thanks for joining us. Coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite. And um, we're talking about that uh, the penalty that uh, Messi and uh, Suarez uh, did. But uh, uh, Henri and Robert uh, Pires did it, uh, also tried it. That's uh, Daniel in Balaclava. And also Brett from St Albans reminded us of that. Um, yeah. They actually got a free kick against them, I think. Uh, Remember? Yeah, I'm not anyway. sure why that. Uh, it, it appears that it was disallowed, but I'm not sure why because you're allowed to do that. But mm. uh, but maybe the timing was all wrong. Pires what? is a spitter. He <laughs> spat on Muskie. Suarez is a biter. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, we're, we're still trying to get Mike McGrath having a bit of time, bit of trouble at the moment, but uh, we'll keep trying. But uh, let's talk about the English Premier League, mm. guys. And there were a couple of big games, of course. Arsenal and Leicester and Man City and Tottenham were, were two of the biggest. And let's start with uh, Arsenal's 2-1 victory over Leicester. Um, is the dream still alive for Leicester? I, th- I honestly think it is. I mean, people were waiting for them to fall over any time, but they went down to 10 men. Mm. And uh, I reckon if they hadn't gone down to 10 men, they scored first uh, with Vardy, even though it was, uh, you, know, you know, people... You know, question the the penalties and so forth, but uh, but it was a one nil win, and it took a while for Arsenal to equalise, uh, and then there was a, a terrific goal by Welbeck at the end. But against the ten men, it was right at the death. So yep, less right. than nearly nearly actually held them out right to the end. And this is an Arsenal side that have every, everything to play for. So as Ranieri said, if he had eleven men, they probably would have went on to win the game. It wasn't it wasn't absolutely uh, shattering for them. If having lost that game, they still had the buffer of the five points, and they're still two points ahead. So I still reckon they got the ingredients, Leicester, to go all the way. It's uh, very disappointing when uh, you lose a man to a second yellow for a yes. for a completely avoidable. Well, most fouls are avoidable. Sometimes they're not, but yeah. when you're holding yeah. on to a guy and pulling him back, yeah. and you're already on a yellow, it's kind of a bad move. Yeah, Simpson, Simpson's, uh, you know, really not really not not too much deep thinking going on there. <laughs> I've got to say. So uh, well, apparently, he went into the rooms to read Camus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who was a goalkeeper? Oh, was he? He was he too. Was. But he just stood there and looked to the sky and thought about. No, no. When he was much. when he was keeping, he right. he was he was on. 
There you go. And uh, so Leicester have got Norwich, and uh, I think Arsenal have got Manchester United. Um, so that that should be a, an easy win to Arsenal there. Anyway, we'll talk about Manchester United in a minute. But uh, but that that was a that was a great game. And um, Man City and Tottenham. Tottenham defeated Man City here to go second on the table and uh, or to you know remain there. So um, this is a great win by Tottenham. Oh, this is a big bad, chance. Bad loss big by Man City. big chance. Uh, Could be their Suarez oh, year. It really is it? No, I think that the, this is their chance. If they don't take it this year, all the teams like Man U are going to be a lot better next year. Man City are going to be a lot better next year. Uh, you know, Leicester may not be in the same position, but all these sides are just going to be better next year. So this is their big chance. Uh, they and also Arsenal, but I think Tottenham. They're on a real run at the moment. And to win away from home at Man City, albeit I know Leicester beat them the week before, but, you know, such an important game. And Man City virtually had all the good players in. Uh, and Tottenham, I thought, with a, you know, having watched the game, I know it was they, they scored late also, but I thought Tottenham were probably the better side on the day. So that's this is a, a really, really impressive Tottenham team at the moment. Apparently Pellegrini doesn't speak to them at halftime anymore. He doesn't want to do pep talks. No. <laughs> See what I did then? Very nice. Gold. Oh, right there. Oh, That's why I get paid the big Champagne. Champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, just on another, the other go, Manchester United uh, went down to Sunderland 2-1. Jeez. Um, Dead geez. man walking. Indeed. <laughs> Jeez, indeed. I mean... Seriously, it was, it was. He's got to sack himself. You know that. He's yeah. just going to wake up one morning and not turn up for work. Look, I, when I saw that, I'm thinking, well, it's just un, untenable. You just can't have him there any longer. And Mourinho's waiting in the wings any time for the call. I think they're just trying to treat, treat him with some respect and get him to the end of the season. Do you think he's waiting in the wings, Carlos, or do you think he's uh, in the front row? Oh, I, no, yeah. absolutely. He's, he's, he's sitting in the corporate box with the with the owners at the moment. But uh, for me. I think they're just trying to treat Van Gaal with some respect yep. and try and get him to the end of the season. They're not going to win the league. Uh, they're probably going to throw any opportunity for me reaching the top four. Uh, but maybe they're just going to panic and say, we need to reach the top four. So in the remaining games, we'll replace him with Mourinho. And I think Mourinho will get him to the top four if, if he came in right now. Right because, now. Yeah, because I think that it's just that effect. They'll probably get him there, uh, get the team there. So... Uh, well, yeah. they're six points behind Man City. They're in, um, so yeah. Man City are in fourth. It's gettable, but not playing good enough football. If they're right. losing to Sunderland, they're yeah. not playing good enough football to do it. But under a Mourinho, you could bridge the gap. They've got a tough game against Arsenal this yeah. week. Yeah. If they win Europa, theoretically, mm. if they won Europa, that's silverware. That would be a KPI that they would have sort of said, yeah. we want. Would it be enough? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the players are playing like they don't... Even though Wayne Rooney's coming out and saying, it's our fault, it's our fault, it's not Louis's fault. I just think the players aren't playing for him. Mm. And the resurgence of... Can we call it a resurgence of Chelsea? Oh, yeah. Well, they're winning, you know. They, they're, they're winning and, you know, not losing. So uh, they defeated Newcastle 5-1. Should Hus Hiddink get Hus. the job next year? If he Look, I, I know he's making a lot of money being a caretaker... Yes, absolutely, uh, making a heap of money being a caretaker. But I, uh, I think that if he wants a full time job, they should look at him. He's done, he's done a fantastic job with them, and they're like they could go quite deep into the Champions League. I know they're, they're two one behind when, before people start complaining. And PSVR ahead, but the away goal is really important. That Stanford Bridge, big game. His good players are starting to play some good football again. 
Uh, they could go to the next stage of the Champions League, and I think that would make Roman very, very happy. Very interesting stuff. And uh, Daniel from uh, Thomastown. Yeah, we get it, mate. 6-0. Uh, Liverpool defeated Aston Villa. <laughs> we weren't going to talk about it because Warren's not here. But uh, There's no other score in world football with 6-0 this weekend, so we know what you're talking about. Daniel's Daniel. just sent us about yeah, 10 texts, 6-0. Um, Sturridge. So, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, Stephen in Richmond, I think that deserves one word, Diego's Tottenham. Very, yeah. very happy. Hey, let's take a break and uh, come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When asked about her husband's strange habits, posh spice Victoria Beckham said, it's nothing out of the ordinary. David wears my knickers all the time. He's getting in touch with his feminine side. Jeez, I want to be like David Beckham. This is the four Diego's. Yes, we're coming around the home stretch now. All Night Appetite coming up after Diego's. Don't miss out on that. Um, back next Wednesday, boys. But uh, don't forget, there's a couple of... Uh, Big games. The, the A-League. Yeah, mm. the A-League this uh, weekend, Vinny. Melbourne victory in Adelaide United. This is a, this is always a wonderful game The grudge game match, to watch. yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Friday night? Oh, geez, I hope we rip up Adelaide. It's going to be good. I mean, they're, they're in such yeah. good form, Adelaide. Um and uh, sitting third on thirty points and, and victory on twenty nine, but uh, this is going to be this is going to be a really interesting game on a number of levels. Yeah, well, no victory. <laughs> oh, you're thinking about what's happening. No, no, I'm just no, not even no, thinking no. for a minute what's happening off the ground. But uh, victory has to have one of those intense swashbuckling, you know, marauding sort of games that completely suffocates Adelaide. Does not allow them to play football, and they're quite capable of doing that at home. So. It's desperate now for victory. They've got to start getting these points and win games so they can take the pressure off during this cluttered period. Of course, there's a big Sydney derby on uh, Saturday night, mm. um, and that should be interesting as well. And Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners. Um, so Melbourne City just have to win this. Yeah, they will. They'll they have win. to win yeah. this. Uh, win. Okay, we'll be back again next uh, Wednesday night with a full compliment. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for your text messages. It's been a big, big show, so make sure, uh, Carlos. We have a Puerto Rican girls hangout. We'll be there. there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba, Red and La Bamba. We'll be there. there. We have girls with fruit on their head and balls hit their feet. We'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll be there. there. We are the Four Diegos. Olé. Olé. Yeah.